Hi, it's just not a secret at all that we live uh, these days in a nonstop news cycle, a nonstop uh, political world, is it? Every political gathering or march or demonstration, I'm not just really, not just talking about January 6th, you see this big sign being raised up somewhere. Don't tread on me out of our past. It's the American way. It's freedom standing up for itself. It's freedom without limits. That's a good thing, right? Well, for the last month, we have been talking about how God made us, what you were made for. And we're going to revisit the text in the story of the creation found in Genesis and see where this idea of freedom and limits comes to rest. Join me with you. In Genesis 2, verse 15, retells the story of creation. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you're free, freedom. You're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, limits. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman responded, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. We don't know if that was an add-in by her or something else God said. You must not touch it. But the serpent replied, you will certainly not die. God knows that when you eat from the tree, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and desired to gain wisdom, she took some and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it as well. And then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And then the man and his wife heard the sounds of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called out to the man, where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was, I was afraid because I was naked, and so, so I hid. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, the woman. Yeah, 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 it was the woman. The woman you put here with me, she gave me some of the fruit from the tree, and I ate it. And then the Lord God said to the woman, what have you done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate the word of the Lord. Here's, here's my big takeaway from this passage. The Genesis description of the creation of humanity is that we were made not to have freedom from limits, but we were made for freedom because of our limits, by our limits that God sets for us. Last week, 
Sam started to show that. She showed the power of limits in the rhythm of the week with God's gift of the Sabbath. A day where we stop work, where we honor God, where we have freedom from work because we put limits on our work. Laura and I had the chance to see that this last week down in Monterey. We went for a week off and uh, biked along the coast, this incredible scenery. And periodically you come to these little turnouts where you can pull over and there was a huge sign at one of them that talked about wildlife protection zones. That is, places on the shore and in the ocean for different parts where you could not fish, you could not take in this zone. And in the next zone, you could fish, but you could not take this fish or that fish. And then beyond that, outside the zone, you are free to both dive and explore and fish. So there were limits. There was a purpose behind protecting certain creatures in certain places. I went, huh, and biked off. And as I continued my bike ride, I I came around the next bend and I saw these skid marks going off the road. And I thought to myself, this person does not like the limits on their speed. Freedom and limits. Genesis makes clear from the very beginning that by the very end, God is saying, you've got to serve somebody. Now, Bob Dylan was the first one who told that to his generation, but we often instead choose to worship at the altar of freedom. Songs like, I gotta be me. Nobody can tell me what to do. It's okay as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. These issues are all around us. We argue about unlimited freedom over our bodies in an era of epidemics and vaccines. Should those vaccines be made mandatory? The last generation argued over the freedom to live wherever you wanted versus the freedom to be able to choose your neighbors. Where are the limits there? There has been, since the 60s, a growth in the demand for personal freedom. I wonder what the reaction to a polio mandate that was given today would be. Tim Keller is a a pastor, uh, recently retired from New York, who has written a book called The Case for God. And and in it, he talks about this idea of freedom and limits. He says, freedom of choice without limits has become almost sacred. Philosophers call this kind of freedom negative freedom. That is, it's the freedom from constraints, which they contrast with positive freedom, the freedom to pursue some good aim. Absolute negative freedom, this is Keller, absolute negative freedom becomes the chief moral good so that the only sin which is not tolerated is intolerance of my freedom. That's the struggle in the Garden of Eden. Will I accept the limits trusting God that it gives me freedom? It's uh, it's personal to every single son of Adam and daughter of Eve. Personal to me, my 
Garden of Eden temptation started in my childhood. I, I found that I could use the trust of others and my own creativity. I could use my freedom to spin the truth, to tell it my way. Basically, the truth became whatever helped me. The consequences were both that I got away with a lot of stuff that I shouldn't have gotten away with. And the other consequences were that I, I never really knew how trustworthy, how worthy of trust I was when I didn't tell the truth. And then when I, when I came to Christ, when I saw the power of truth and vulnerability, and now as an adult, I find that that's an ongoing fight between the freedom to say whatever I want and the limits of always telling the truth. My perception is that our temptations are in tension with our limits. How did the serpent get to Eve? He said, your eyes will be opened and then you will be like God. You'll be able to choose whatever you want. What's the battle line in your life? Between freedom to live as you were intended, as you were created, and freedom from any limits that God or anybody puts in your place. That's so close to the root of human brokenness. Milton talks about it in Paradise Lost. He says at the end of the day, the devil discovers that he says, it is better to reign in hell than serve in heaven. The ultimate, I did it my way. Let me talk to, um, let me talk to the students here for a minute, the younger folks, because it's very hard for somebody my age to talk about limits without making it sound like this is just another lecture that says, no, 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 no. So I, I needed to find some examples beyond sex or drugs or music I thought, well, maybe, it, maybe there are places where a teenager limits their freedom to help other people. Like some of you taking your younger siblings to a PG movie instead of the more adult film that you really want to see, that you could see okay, but would be bad for them. That's freedom and limits. God's desire for adolescence is that you will develop a heart and a brain and a soul that you will be able to free, you'll be able to be free to serve others by these limits. It may start as a child or as an adolescent, but this choosing process never really ends. You know, a 60-year-old man may have a strong desire to eat fatty foods. Let's just keep it purely hypothetical. But if that man regularly exercises his freedom to give in to the desires for those foods, his life will be curtailed in some way. He must choose to lose a lesser freedom to eat anything that I want, anything that he wants, to gain a greater freedom, health, and long life. That's back to, to Tim Keller again. If you want the freedom that comes with being a great musician, the ability to move people with your music, to make a good living for your family, you will have to give up your freedom to do other things in order to be able to practice eight hours a day for years. 
Freedom is not simply the absence of restrictions, but rather it consists of finding and choosing the right liberating restrictions. Let me give you a, a visual of what this looks like. This is a, uh, a guardrail. Andy Stanley talks about guardrails. Some of them are clean and shiny and others are dinged. Some of them are still solid as the day they came out of the factory and others are, are broken up. But they have this in common. A guardrail is a system designed to keep vehicles from straying into dangerous places where harm will happen. Now, the thing is, nobody pays attention to guardrails until you really need one. There are different kinds of guardrails. There are what I call basic guardrails to protect us. That's the Sabbath, is a guardrail to protect us from burnout. There uh, is the forbidden idea of looking at pornography to protect what goes into our mind and, frankly, to protect the people with whom we interact. Basic guardrails. For those of us who have started to follow Jesus and, and want to grow in faith, there are probably more advanced guardrails that our time is subjected not only to freedom to do whatever I want, but also our time has to allow for the possibility of serving others. Our money is not just our own to spend any way we like. We have the freedom to choose how to spend it, but we also have the desire to give generously, and that requires limits. There is the sense that we are freed to forgive others. And without that, freedom to forgive, we bump up against the limit that our relationships are damaged and we become bitter people. This is much more about giving and servanthood and forgiveness than it is about the number of worship services that you attend during the week. That's religion. Following Jesus is learning about freedom and limits. So there are basic uh, guardrails, and, the, and then there are the guardrails of faith. And then I'd say that there's the best guardrails of all. I'd say that there are guardrails that are there just to show love, whether that's for single people or in marriage. The idea is that we who follow Jesus give up some freedoms to gain love, to give love, to experience joy. We do not have to make it all about the rules because we are guarded by our love for the other. You know, when you're falling in love, you take the initiative to discover a list of all the things that your loved one loves and hates. And then you go all out to say and do things that delight him or delight her. You're doing their will rather than your own, but you gladly accept those new limits on your behavior. Why is that? It's because you have put your joy and happiness into the joy and happiness of the other. You're happy to the degree that they are happy. You've come to discover the pleasure of giving pleasure. You don't follow their will as a means to get other things that you want. Their love 
and their joy are the main things you come to want. They become ends in themselves. This is how Christianity says our ultimate relationships work with God. When we discover what Jesus has done to show his love for us, it makes us free. And it becomes our joy to serve, to trust the limits that our God sets for us so that we can love others well. Uh, sometimes that doesn't look very sexy. It, it, it could be about the use or misuse of business expense accounts, whether those are for meals or sports, for bad movies or good entertaining, whether it's for travel or a hidden fun jaunt. When we ignore limits, our freedom becomes toxic. It ends up controlling us and hurting others, even the people that we love. Or, and I'm sure this is totally not applicable to anybody in the range of my voice, at any of the campuses, I'm sure this doesn't bother you, but there are people that I know who are workaholics. I believe that we need limits to become fully human. We need limits on our work to become better fathers and better spouses, more present neighbors, to be able to be free to be volunteers at nonprofits. We need to limit that. Can I, I close with one more quote from Keller? In many areas of life, freedom is not so much the absence of restriction as finding the right restrictions, the liberating ones. If we only grow intellectually and vocationally and physically through limits, through constraints, why wouldn't limits also be true for our spiritual and moral growth? I love festivals. I love holidays. I, I particularly, I love the 4th of July and the story of freedom one, freedom that continues to need to be defended. But I have come to believe that the deepest holiday of freedom is at Easter. James said, God's law is the law that gives freedom, perfect freedom. And since this community says we want to find and follow Jesus, we should take seriously that Jesus says, know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. We started in the garden. The theologian N.T. Wright once wrote that he had come to see the core of the gospel is the restoration of that garden where God walked with Adam and Eve and we have the privilege to restore on earth as it is in heaven. So as you and I go back out into a world that demands its freedoms, what will our choices, what will our limits say about the most important thing to us as followers of Jesus, as children of God? What limits to our freedom will allow us to serve and love and grow, to live on earth, as it is in heaven, so that others may find and follow Jesus. Brothers and sisters, in the sight of the living God, you were made for this. Let's pray together for God to show us all.
Lord Jesus, I, uh, I thank you for the challenge that I am not the master and commander in charge of my own life. For the reminder that I am made in your image with great freedom and limits that are meant to help me become who you fully intended me to be. I pray for my sisters and brothers here in this freedom, choice-soaked culture that you will give us the wisdom and the courage to choose those limits which mark us as your children and share with others your love. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost.